Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to this episode of Leadership Stars, and I am so excited about who I have on the show today. He is a gentleman who has gained a reputation as a solutions provider for his clients and also for customers in almost every industry in the public and private sector in the United States and Canada. He's also gained a reputation for excellent training and organizational development and change management solutions for his clients. And I am so excited to have him here today. We're going to talk about um, leadership as a whole. We're going to define it. We're going to look at it. And we're also going to look at why people are reluctant to step into leadership and how leadership really supports their purpose in life and why they are here. So let's give a great warm welcome to Bernard Robinson on our show today. Bernard, welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Linda. I really appreciate the uh, the introduction, I really appreciate the opportunity, really, to be able to spend time with you, uh, speaking with you and listening in your listening audience about the importance of leadership uh, to one's business success and, in fact, the whole notion of uh, the importance of stepping into one's leadership and perhaps uh, moving past the reluctance. And I think some of that reluctance is possibly uh, because not really understanding what leadership is all about. Uh, so I really appreciate the opportunity and absolutely uh, glad to be with you. Uh, just to say a little bit about myself, uh, well, I, I, I would want to let you and your audience know that for the past 30 years I've been uh, a performance management consultant and have a company called the Institute for Human Development. And in this work, I've had the privilege of working with clients, as you have already mentioned, and customers. Uh, but primarily to boost the performance of their people and the operation of their businesses. And that's the OD, the change management, the training, and, and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but beyond the business, I've had the privilege of doing what I do with the support of my wife, Alice Brown, for going on 49 years. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a sweetheart, and we have a couple of grown people, grown sons, and seven grandchildren uh, together. And so I... Uh, I appreciate uh, my bride and, and, and my spouse. Uh, and I love the work I do. I love the work and I love the business. And, and I try to bring excellence to all that I do for my clients and, and, and working with a number of different colleagues. So it's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to spend a little time uh, sharing what I think and know. Well, Bernard, it's so good to have you here. Um, in 49 years, I'm, I'm hitting 43 married, 45 spending time with yeah, the, yeah. the gentleman that I'm married to. So you got me beat by about four years. And well, I don't listen. have, and there are no grandchildren yet, but I'm not pushing. Uh, no, um, push, it, no push, <laughs> no, no push, push. no they push. Will, they, you know, they, they'll, they'll come, I'm hopeful. Yes, they come when when it's time for them to be here. <laughs> so Bernard, you told us a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, why leadership? Why did you step into leadership as being your area of expertise? Well, there are two reasons. What I've discovered, 
Linda, is simply this. Everything rises or falls based on the quality of leadership. And I've come to that conclusion based on some of the work that I've done over these number of years, that almost every industry and every place I've been, every work uh, area I've looked at, leadership is always a topic of discussion, and leadership always makes a difference. And one of the things that you hear employee, employees talk about is the quality of those who manage them and the quality of those who lead the, the, them and the organization. So it's always a topic of discussion, and that's for good reason, because everything that happens in an organization rises or falls, I believe, based on the quality of leadership. So leadership is, is one of those things that is it's an intangible uh, and important attribute that every leader, quote-unquote, must understand and understand the importance of. Um, so and that's what's brought me to kind of really kind of want to talk about and think about and write about leadership because mm-hmm. I think it's so important. Uh, I think there's lots of things that are other things that contribute to success, of course, but leadership is one of them. So, Bernard, you, you mentioned both leadership and management, and I think there's a lot of confusion about when we, when we say leadership, what do we really mean? When we say mm-hmm. management, what do we really mean? Uh, and sometimes I think uh, people use leadership to mean management. So could you give me uh, my audience a definition for the two, please? Yes, absolutely. Uh, managing is uh, controlling the status quo. Management is working within the boundaries. Uh, management is conserving and controlling the resources. It's planning and managing the plan to reach the goals. Uh, The classic uh, definition and distinction uh, between management and and leadership in talking about management, it's the science. Uh, You have a science that's involved with planning, organizing, directing, controlling, and evaluating work. That's what managers do, and Mm -hmm. that's what management is. Uh, It's kind of keeping the day-to-day processes going in the direction to get the work done. Uh, you get the work done through others, as the classic definition of supervision says. Right. And managers are the ones who do that process of getting the work done through others and have a, a, a way of structuring how the work is planned, how it's organized, how to direct that work and control and evaluate that work. Now, it's not to suggest leaders don't manage, but management itself is a process and a science. Uh, mm-hmm. To make sure you get things done effectively, if you will, and efficiently, as efficiently and effectively as you can. Leadership, on the other on the hand, is is influence. Leadership is influence. Uh, influence, if you will, is the currency that leaders get to spend. Uh, everyone who becomes a leader gets, uh, if you will, a handful of influence, or at least the opportunity to influence. And so, leadership focuses on uh, changing the future, creating a vision of what that future looks like. And and it's essential that a leader know and understand that his or her job is to, in fact, create a vision of what the future looks like for the folks that they're, they're leading. And, and it's creating the resources and encouraging the growth of those who are there with them. Um, leadership, if you will, is one of those things that involves uh, making sure that one brings character and 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 has good relationships to influence others. Uh, and sh- again, just repeating the, the the initial thought, leadership is influence. It's nothing mm-hmm. more, nothing less. Uh, Warren Bennis said it this way: 
Uh, he's a noted theorist, uh, thought leader, and former president of Cincinnati University, who I think is now uh, now passed. But he mm-hmm. would say it this way: managing is doing things right, while leadership is doing the right thing. And therein lies the distinction between management and leadership. Uh, that whole notion of doing things right, there is a science to how to get planning done, organizing done, directing, and so forth. Leadership, on the other hand, is doing the right thing, so it requires you to think, if you will, out of the box. And that's why they often say that leadership is an art, not a science. Right. Uh, And that's a way of distinguishing between the two. If you're looking at the management process, you're involved with controlling, evaluating. If you're looking at the leadership process, you're involved with thinking What's the next best thing? What's the next best way? And that's a good way for for your audience and people to consider the distinctions between managing and leading. That's perfect, um, Bernard. And and it follows very closely with my concept of leadership versus management. And it's interesting because the name of my book is The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams (laughs) of Leaders. So uh, as opposed to the science of herding cats, uh, I think it's, it's, it's also the case that management gets direction from above and they they actually make that happen whereas leaders create that direction um, to move forward and you very nicely um quoted uh i believe it's john maxwell who said that leadership is nothing is is influence nothing more nothing less and i I think that's i i think that's so true that we we are not there to um do the um to uh, manage people, to make sure that the work gets done Mm -hmm. and all that planning and control and all of that. But Mm -hmm. instead it is to be the person out front who's leading them, who's bringing them along. And I've said this, I think, in in another episode, but I love the image of General MacArthur um, in World War I where Mm -hmm. he was on the ground with his troops and he wasn't in the back. He wasn't back strategizing. He was up front with the front folks, Mm -hmm. leading them and drawing them with him. And he truly was a leader. Um, Just out of curiosity, what do you think of Steve Jobs and his leadership, his ability to lead Apple? Well, obviously, in order for a company to grow in the way it grew, uh, there's obviously some leadership now. I've read a few articles, I guess, with at least a few uh, commentaries about uh, the toughness of his leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one of the things about leadership is it comes in all styles and all uh, flavors, if you will. But in answer to the question, I think that he was obviously a very effective leader and I think he was also very, um, uh, a very a smart leader. I, I sometimes question one element of his leadership, and that is the relationship piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this uh, diagram that I have in my book that's called the three-legged stool. And in the three-legged stool, if you were to look at and kind of figure and have a mind's picture of that, you have three legs. You have the leader. You have the follower, leader one leg, follower second leg, middle leg perhaps. The third leg is the, the, the goal, and the leader and the follower are in place to do or complete a goal. Well, in between the leader and the follower, there is a, several dynamics that are critical for leaders to be effective. One of those critical 
dynamics is relationship. And so long-windedly, the answer for me is I think John was an especially effective leader. I didn't always get a sense that he was as tuned into the relationship piece. Now, I'm talking about it as a person who didn't work with him and only reading mm-hmm. about him, so it's kind of hard. But obviously, he was a very effective leader. I only would say sometimes as I read some things, the relationship piece. I would say like this, and I said, and this is a, a quote from a, a, a guy named Gary Smalley, Dr. Gary Smalley. Mm-hmm. He said, relationships are everything. All else are details. Uh-huh. And I buy that because at the end of the day, you must be able to have a strong relationship in order for you to be able to, again, influence someone else. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes, though, and again, I talk about styles and flavors of leadership. If you are um, really providing things, giving things, giving opportunities, giving the way for people to grow, mm-hmm. they are really still going to be connected with you because, you know, relationships are, are really kind of, you know, it's hard to figure out how to relate to each and every person. But nonetheless, uh, I think keeping people connected, getting things done, moving to a new place, he's definitely had a vision. And so I would say he's a, I don't want to call it great, great, we throw it around a lot, but great leader, I suspect you would say, uh, at least a very good leader uh, and obviously a very effective leader to have built what he built and uh, to have done what he what he did. So such a long answer to your question, but, but <laughs> well, I hope it Ber- helped. Yeah, Bernard, I would, I would definitely agree with you. He had a vision for that company that was far beyond anything anyone else had, and he created some absolutely amazing products with that, and he had the loyalty of the people who worked for him. They may not have liked him, but they were exactly. loyal to him. Yeah. And they, I, I love their philosophy, which was, in order to ship the product, I have to be willing to use it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just it, it needs to be good enough to ship, which is oftentimes the, the standard. It was, I want to work on this. I, I mm-hmm. want to work with this. I want to have this. Um, and that's how he built his company. And it's interesting how Apple has sort of changed since his death. And, yeah. and it's really sort of sad. Um, I think Bill Gates also said um, something very interesting. And, and he said it in uh, the in the 1900s. That sounds really strange. Uh, <laughs> and he said, in the next century, meaning now, leaders will be those who empower others. Mm-hmm. So I, I so agree with you that that relationship, that ability to empower people to do their best work, to be their best person, Mm -hmm. um, to see their own visions Mm -hmm. come Mm -hmm. to reality is so important in leaders today. Uh, And and I I, I think in some respects, um, Steve was good at that as well. He he had visions and he delivered those and it was up to his people to make them happen. And I think in that respect, they, they were happy. Absolutely. Um, just, just he did not have the ability to build relationships, which are so very, very, very important. Yeah. Well, you know, and I won't, I don't want to knock him at all in that regard because he's you know, leaders come in different. Um, they do different styles, different, uh, different clothing, if you will, and not all leaders can be the same. The one thing I'd say, though, and this is the kind of the currency for the idea of uh, the whole notion of relationship. There's no quote that says people don't care how much you know 
until they know how much you care. I'm sure you've probably heard that before. But at the end of the day, it is, uh, uh, as my Andrew would say, people will never forget how you made them feel. Yes. You know, yep. so those are things that, they're the human connection, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's just so key to, mm-hmm. to leadership because um, without that, you become almost like a statue on, on a pedestal, yeah. um, at, you know, directing and, and almost almost like uh, if you if you've driven through the South or even the North mm-hmm. and the towns have all these statues yeah. with the generals on their, exactly. their horses, horses leading. Right. And, and without that sense of caring, that sense of relationship, mm-hmm. that's what the leader becomes is yeah. that, that statue, on, statue on a pedestal yeah. rather yeah. than something who's real and, and really cares. I think also leaders um, to be effective in that relationship also need to acknowledge when they make a mistake. Exactly. And, and with that thought, um, I'd like you, the audience, to think about how are your relationships with the people that follow you? Mm-hmm. How, are you empowering them? Do you have a good relationship with them? Mm-hmm. And with that, we'll be right back. This is the Voice America Women's Channel, where your success is limitless. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, lead with Linda.com. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, dream with Linda.com. The Voice America Women's Channel. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. 
Welcome back to Leadership Stars. And I have a, an extraordinary um, leadership consultant on, on the show today, Bernard Robinson. And Bernard's an author as well as being a phenomenal speaker. Um, and the book is The Skills of an Effective Leader, Becoming a Leader Others Want to Follow. And I think that is just, I mean, that touches my heart, Bernard. Thank uh, you. And, and I... I look forward to um, reading your book. Um, I've sort of skimmed through it, but I haven't had a chance to really dig into it. And I know you had um, a couple of other things that you wanted to add to your stool metaphor around relationship. Would you share those with the audience? Oh, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks again. Yeah, the idea of the stool, again, very simplistically, is leader and follow, achieve to achieve, working together to achieve a goal. Uh-huh. Well, the two important elements for the leader to think about, and, and this will be helpful to your audience, hopefully, is that every uh, every leader needs to understand uh, the needs of those who follow them, or at least that they wish to have follow them. That's number one. Number two, uh, leadership at its core is a social process. It's a social influence process. Um, and when I say everything... Uh, is relationships, all else is details. That's what I'm talking about. It's a very much a social dynamic. So mm-hmm. even as you think about Steve Jobs and others, uh, the power of your leadership comes from the capacity of you to socially connect with those who follow you. And it doesn't come, you don't have to be a certain person, certain way. You have to take your style. One of the elements I've found in my work and my thinking is if you can be authentic in who you are, people mm-hmm. accept you for who you are. Ah. Uh, and you don't have to be uh, someone else. You be who you are. Now, you always want to grow as a leader, and you always want to kind of check your, 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 your pattern of leading. But the deal is be authentic, and as, as much as you can, uh, know who you are and take who you are in, uh, into the leadership that you hope to, to provide. But it is very much... Uh, a need to understand the needs of those who follow you and very much a social influence process uh, Mm -hmm. as you move forward. Fantastic. Thank you. So, so Bernard, I I have a question for for you. Mm -hmm. I I work a lot with women. Okay. And I find that they are really challenged to step into that leadership. There's mm-hmm. there's this g- gender heritage that comes along with it that we have to know 100% of the job before we take it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're afraid of making mistakes and ruining people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- they don't want to be that leader. And mm-hmm. so oftentimes they're looking at uh, an example that perhaps is not the most um, caring, the most uh, supportive, the most collaborative um, and more of a commander than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a leader. Why do you think, um, well, that is, obviously it's a, mm-hmm. a gender heritage, but how do we help individuals like that, male or female, to understand, one, why it's important for them to lead, and two, how to get over that hesitancy of, gee, I don't think I can do this, I don't think I know enough. 
Well, you know, that's a terrific question. And one of the areas, by the way, I'm very interested in in, and and spending more time in is talking with women about leadership and talking with women uh, to think and and have discussions about leadership. My my initial thought about your question is that uh, in some cases, we have taught from a male model Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of what makes effective leaders. And even as we identify, of course, we've had more male models, perhaps, than women models, but we've, we've taught from a, a male model in terms of the, uh, the cultural dynamics, if you will, of what leadership is and what leadership looks like. And I think in some cases, women may have integrated that into their thinking about what makes an effective leader. Mm-hmm. And so that's a... That's a challenge because you trying to use what you've been taught. It's been taught from a uh, perhaps a male-centric perspective and not realizing that in many cases those are not fit for you as a woman. We are men. We are women. And women really have, in some cases, uh, a better opportunity to lead than men in that they have, they instinctually, they, they have, in some cases, better instincts mm-hmm. than men. And those instincts tend to be uh, not only valuable, but, but incredibly useful in thinking about what's next. So mm-hmm. the answer to the question, if I can think about it in a cleaner and clearer way, is that women have somewhat uh, uh, integrated their thinking that this is the way one should lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old notion of you should uh, uh, kick behinds and take numbers. Yes. <laughs> that, 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 that command uh, control model is no longer workable. Mm-hmm. It's no longer effective. Well, I, th- I think if you look back in history, um, the male model, in, in a lot of respects, comes out of a militaristic mm-hmm. background. Um, you know, when we started to gather into towns and that kind of thing, the protection was from the military, um, right. the, the soldiers that worked for the king and that kind of thing. And mm. so you, you saw that. And even when we had queens on, on the throne, they looked to their male uh, chiefs mm-hmm. and their, their male commanders for guidance. Um, and oftentimes, you know, th- if they disagreed, that was a huge coup um, right. for the women. Uh, and so... With, with that as our history, and even the military today, it's still very much a man's army. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though they don't say this man's army anymore, yeah. um, it still is very much run by that masculine model. And we as women need to recognize the fact that we have a different way of leading. And Absolutely. that it's probably, as you said, more powerful even than the command voice itself. Because you are using truly influence in order to... Um, lead your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then if I might, mm-hmm. it's important to be personally aware of who you are mm-hmm. as a person. I, I often say that one of the most powerful places to start the leadership is start the leadership with being clear about who you are, your personal awareness. That's kind of the, the discussion I have if I'm able to with those I coach, not if I'm able to use it with, with those who I coach. Mm-hmm. It starts with understanding who you are and being personally aware of that and answering that question, who am I, and really being comfortable, getting comfortable with 
you are who you are. I remember this story uh, uh, many years ago. Um, the, the I think it was Pope Paul. Um, he was getting questioned. This is the simp, simp, This is a uh, kind of a reflection of the way I way I would apply it to women. Uh, the, the reporter asked the, the Pope and said, "Well, you know, I noticed that you uh, you built a uh, a swimming pool uh, for yourself." Uh, in, uh, in 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 the church uh, in in the, the the edifice that you, you're living in, mm-hmm. and he said, so what, yeah, the, the, so he said, so what's what is essentially what is that all about?" And the Pope simply said, "I like to swim," and he went on. He owned the fact that he does what he needs to do. He wasn't trying to be arrogant, but he was trying to kind of elevate the discussion. There's nothing big about that. So I guess the the way I want to bring it back is, is again, that notion of being authentic. Mm-hmm. To be authentically who you are, uh, wherever you are, and being sensitive and aware of yourself so that you can move into those areas and still kind of keep clear about uh, who you are as you move. And so you don't have to adapt someone else's model. Uh-huh. You really begin to create your own model. And let's be, let's be be clear, too. We haven't had as many women models to look at as we have over the years, I'm talking about, uh, that we've had as men. So it's, it's logical that we would look to those models as to consider what it is that I should be and who it is I should be. And my statement would simply be, be who you are. Uh-huh. And as a woman, you are powerful in your leadership is as powerful as any man uh, and just recognize that you want to approach it from let me approach it from who I am and where we're going I have a vision I have an understanding of where I'd like us to go let me see if I can articulate that vision in the clearest possible way and then align you if I can and influence you to be aligned with where we're going exactly yeah and I I definitely think that women also need to look at you, we are already leaders. We, yes. we lead in our personal lives. Yeah. We lead with our children. We lead in, in groups that we belong to. Right. But we don't necessarily acknowledge yeah. that that's who I am. Exactly. So. If I might, I've been married, as I said earlier, I'm going on 49 years. <laughs> and no, no one no one would, uh, and I jokingly say this in church and other places when we're friends, uh, I am the leader of my house. <laughs> sure but, you are. <laughs> And I'm glad I'm glad you truly have that illusion. <laughs> but I also know uh, who I need to turn to for my acknowledgement and my leadership. So I'm being silly, but quite frankly, uh, there's no doubt that my wife uh, is a leader in, in in our house as well as I share that. But again, uh, that's uh, that was that that's what popped in my head. That was funny. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, so true. I'm in yeah. My husband, as an attorney, one of the things he says is, "I want to have plausible deniability." So, <laughs> so yes. So, part of leading and having a vision is making change in the world, uh, making change in your business, making change in your life. Um, and I love the fact that women do say. I want to change the world, and we're seeing more and more of them stepping into political the political arena. They're stepping into um, different movements, be it sexual harassment, domestic violence, hunger, uh, education, um, doing 
good with the homeless and you know young children in the in the foster system and and wherever else they are if they're not in their home so life is made up of constant change you know and sort of if 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 you're not changing you're not growing mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and you know whether you like it or not right uh, so how do you keep up with changes in both your life and in business well, let me start with my life. Um, I am actually um, going through change. You know, change is constant, as you just mentioned. I'm going through change now as I as I get a year or two older. I'm actually thinking about what's the next several things I want to do. So in a personal way, I'm looking at and taking time to reflect on what is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I try to answer that. And I would say this for your audience is one of the things I have come to to reaffirm uh, that's important to me is one, what's important to me is the quality of life and the quality of my relationship with, with, my, with my spouse, my wife uh, and family. So the quality of life. The other thing is the quality of my uh, spiritual uh, views and connection. I, I, I have come long enough now to know that there is uh, a source and a, and a force in this life and in my life and has been for some time that is bigger than I am. So I want to be connected to that in that way. Uh, but I want to understand the changes in my uh, my view on those. And so I'm looking at changing what I do, changing how I do it, and thinking and having time to reflect on what does that mean for me and what does that mean for others who are important in my life? So I try to listen to myself, if you will, in the reflection part, but I also try to take the wisdom of those who are at least uh, significantly connected to me that give me uh, guidance, advice, eh, questions uh, sometimes, what I might think is important so that I understand the changes. You know, there's a book by um, William Bridges that's called Trans- uh, Transitions. And managing transitions, I'm sorry. And really, it, it talks about the three kinds of transitions that we go through. Uh, we go through endings, neutral zone, and new beginnings. And what happens with the endings is that you have to throw away things. You have to give away things mm-hmm. in order to get to a place where you wanted to move towards a new beginning. But really you have to go through a process of kind of being confused a little bit. Maybe not confused as much as not knowing where you're going, but trying to figure out what's next. I'm at that stage personally. From a professional perspective, I um, I try to make sure I keep abreast of uh, what's going on in management and leadership. Uh, in addition to taking an inventory of myself, as I may have inferred earlier, uh, I try to determine what's going on in business, uh, when and what are the changes that are occurring. Uh, for example, one of the changes that are occurring is the people who are coming into the workplace uh, are changing in terms of their values, mm-hmm. their perspectives, and what they believe, if you will, even in, in, in those or should be present in those who are leaders. So you got to keep abreast of what's going on and of the changes that are occurring uh, around you, and inventory those. Okay. Uh, and Bernard, I'm going to have to 
pause you here because okay. we need we need to take a, a quick break, and I want our audience to think about what changes are happening in your life right now, be it business or your own personal life, especially around as Bernard said, endings, those changes that are neutral, and those changes that are beginnings for you because they all have different ways of manifesting and we'll be right back this is voice america women we are leaders in the forward movement of women's success Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with linda.com that's linda at dare the number two dream with linda.com have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur let leadership expert linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team build your influence and create the thriving business of your dreams Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, lead with Linda.com. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back to uh, Leadership Stars, and I'm here with my guest, Bernard Robinson, and I'm s- we're having such a great discussion around leadership, and we just talked about change, but I also wanted to bring up that Bernard has a performance enhancement coaching system that focuses on providing custom-fitted performance improvement solutions for leaders that really meet the specific growth area opportunities that they're looking at, as well as helps them to examine the way and methods they use to practice that art of leadership. I think that's just absolutely fascinating, Bernard. And if we had another hour, we could sit here and discuss that. Um, (laughs) But I wanted, yeah, I wanted to just sort of wrap up our discussion around change, even though that's another area we could have spent the entire show on. Um, One thing that I think to manage change, to actually um, 
be able to move through it in with grace and ease. Uh, re- resilience is an aspect that we really need to have in order to um, do that. So how do you define resilience? Well, resilience, I would define it as the capacity to stand in the uh, the confusion or the chaos or the change, if you will, uh, and be able to uh, work your way through it. Uh, I, I don't want to lean too heavily on William Bridges' work, but his work is really about, or his model is really about change and how to manage it. And let's, for example, uh, we have all kinds of changes that come into our lives. Um, we get divorced, we get remarried. We lose a family member. What he was talking about, and this goes to the the definition of resilience, was being able to keep yourself in a place where you understand what's going on with you until you can get to that new beginning. So resilience is the process of being able to maintain a sense of clarity, fortitude, even accountability and commitment to keep your focus on where you're going while at the same time managing the stresses and stresses that come with keeping moving through the stresses, if you will, and the the challenges. You become resilient really by virtue of the experiences that you have to go through and you begin to test your capacity to make it through again to a new place a new beginning uh, if you will and if you can do that you have experienced and lived uh, the resilience that we probably each have some maybe more than others but that's resilience for me Okay, and so to sort of add on to that, so Bernard, why is resilience such an important skill to have in managing change? Oh my goodness, Uh, it's such an important skill to have because in managing change, as we said, change is is constant. You don't know what's coming tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and nor do I. As a leader as well, you don't know what's coming tomorrow, nor do I. So it is almost impossible, if, if you will, using words that sometimes are tough to use, it's impossible to go through life without understanding how important resilience is because you just don't know what's coming next. It's really kind of one of the fun places, though, because the fact that you don't know what's coming next means that you have an, expect, an expect, expectation mindset that when we get to the next place, will make the next decision, will make the next move. And even if something comes that looks like a barrier or a problem mm-hmm. or an issue, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be, we'll be uh, set for uh, the, the battle, if you will, or set for the process of moving on. And I hope mm-hmm. I've captured your question, well because I want to, I just think it's, 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 um, it's absolutely imp- imp- impossible to not, have difficulties and change changes that you have to respond to in life. I think that I think you're right, Bernard. Ch- change is a constant, and if you're not resilient, in other words, if you can't, um, I also want to say flow with the change mm-hmm. as opposed to resisting it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 
you'll one, you'll get very tired. Two, you won't be effective. Three, right. you'll begin hating your life, d- depression, all sorts of other things right. that can come from that. Whereas when you embrace change and you flow with it, it, it just makes your life so much easier and you know that you're going to make it through this, exactly. this challenge, whatever it might be. Whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at um, sort of an overall picture. You have a free gift for my audience, and I'd love you to share with them what that is. Yes. Uh, what I, uh, when we begin to talk, one of the things that I decided, you know, I, one of the things I've done is I've written a book, as yeah. you already mentioned. And I thought, well, okay, uh, the book is like 25 bucks or so for the paperback. I said, what I'll do is I'll give three of your listeners uh, give away uh, three, three uh, to three of your listeners a copy of my book. The only caveat is that uh, when they contact you and, and you share that with me or mm-hmm. whatever the process is for the contact to be made, they will have to pay the cost of shipping. Uh, okay. I'll give the book free. I'll mail it to them COD. Mm-hmm. And of course, I hope they will. I'll give them my email address so they can let me know they got it. But that's that's my gift, and in that in that book, I'll also put a, a bookmark. There'll be a bookmark that I have, and the bookmark really shares um, some of the thoughts I had here today. But it really talks about what's in the book. Uh, as you say, you got the book; you'll ultimately get a chance to get into it. Yes. Uh, but the book provides uh, the concepts and the tools that allow the the reader to improve their understanding of leadership, as I hope they've done today. Mm-hmm. And understand uh, how to make a, a greater impact, if you will, be more effective as leaders. Uh, it includes insights and principles and observations and concepts and other useful information. In fact, one of the things it also includes is I took my uh, performance enhancement coaching system Ooh. and I developed in Chapter 11 a personal coaching uh chapter where the person could take all that they've read and then translate that into their uh, personal coaching um, session and take themselves, not in the way I would do it, and not as thoroughly as I would do it, that would take them through a process of getting a plan that would allow them to build and become more effective as, as leaders. So it's a, it's, a, it's a value. And plus, I have a chapter in there that lists all the concepts that are in the book so they can easily find what they've read. So that's that's a special piece to the book, and it's it's almost valuable even in itself. Uh, even if you were reading other books and you wanted to create a plan and, and you wanted to read books along with mine and, and then create yourself a plan, this coaching chapter will allow you to go through the process, the the, uh, the intellectual thinking, to create a plan for yourself to become a more effective leader. Of course, the, the good way is just to call me and we can go through <laughs> it together. <laughs> Absolutely. Bernard, thank you so very much. Um, and, okay, I'm going to ask you this question. Knowing okay. what you know now, um, after a very rich and full life, is there anything that if you had known it when you started out, that would have really helped you to shortcut the learning curve to becoming an effective leader? Great question. Great question. I um, think there are probably two or three things that, that come to my mind. Um, number one, I think it's important for you to, as a leader, to make sure you are involved with the leading 
and not the doing. Uh, one of the mistakes I made in my consulting practice, I say mistakes because it truly was, I was involved with building the business. It, it was my, my, my love and, and all. So I spent a great deal of time making sure I created business. And so I got a chance to, and I loved doing it too. So that was probably a little bit of a, uh, a, a thing that uh, sucked me into the process of just doing. But I spent a great deal of time building, creating, generating business and did not spend in, in doing it as a consultant, but didn't spend probably as much time as I should have spent actually building the business from a leadership perspective. Mm-hmm. So I had a great vision for where I wanted to go and I was making it happen in that direction. But it would have been wise for me to have said, you know what? I probably need to invest some money in having someone else do the day-to-day. Yes. And let me just do the, let me create the business growth focus. And that was one of the things that would have probably generated a a, a practice that would have uh, supported a number of other people, which it did, but in a longer longer term way. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I learned that... uh, uh, if I learned and thought about it or had someone tutor me and mentor me, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been something I would have done. This, which leads me to the second thing. The second thing is be comfortable with uh, having someone who will hold you accountable, in, in, if you will, and be a mentor to you either way. Either you have a person who you can bounce ideas against and and, and as a colleague or co-owner, co facilitated with you, hear you and help uh, uh, give you some good guidance. Mm-hmm. So those are two things that come immediately to my mind and and and, and just uh, be conscious of the fact that um, you, of where you are in your business life and cycle and when those changes are most important to be made. Uh, when that change, for example, from being the doer of everything <clears throat> to the to more the leader and turning over more and more of the doing, that's just knowing when to do that is, is hard to do, particularly if you're so used to always doing. Right. And I know it's a challenge that I have as well as um, I have a great team and mm-hmm. they support me brilliantly. They also will tell me when I'm uh, full of it right, uh, right, and should right. be doing something else. Exactly. Uh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that honesty and that authenticity that they provide to the business as well. And, you know, I have, I can, I can, ha- I can follow squirrels greatly. Mm-hmm. And there are moments when they'll rein me back and go, no, this, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And right. that's what you've said about this. And, and <laughs> off we go. Um, so Bernard, if there was one skill that, you were excellent at if, if a leader were excellent at that would help you double your business what would that one skill be hmm. that one skill would be almost almost on point with what I said a minute ago enlist other people who are interested if you will capable of being able to be made capable in aligning themselves with your vision and dream, they will help drive the dream along with you and you'll get there much faster. One of the things that, if you will, going back to Steve Jobs, that apparently he was able to do is he was able to lay out a vision, a compelling vision, if you will, to such an extent 
that other folks uh, bought that vision. Mm-hmm. And while he had the vision, they were living it out and walking that vision with him. With him, and so that's that's one of the one of the attributes I, I guess that would be uh, smarter to have done. But actually, it's interesting. Even as I made this transition to another space, and, and as I'm moving my practice to to a different uh, level, mm-hmm. if you will, I've actually done it. I've got uh, I'm going to have a lunch with a colleague in a little while. And uh, she's a colleague who I've actually mentored for a while, but she loves what I do and she likes to do and she's, she's capable of. So I'm wanting to give her an opportunity to think about partnering with me and I have another person as well. So creating these partnerships where people mm-hmm. can take your, your business model and your plan and, and move it and move it forward. And you have, just say, three hands on the, on the wheel as opposed to just one. That's fantastic. I, I think uh, one of my caveats is always to hire someone who's not like me. Uh-huh, so, in other uh-huh. words, who has the skills, the experience, right. the joy that's yeah. different from mine rather than somebody who can do exactly what I do. Because I really, I really don't want to have to fight with them over who's actually going to do the work, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, and one of the things that – one of the things that – that I, I have a, in the book, I have this model called the climb model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it, 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 it starts with vision. The leadership starts with vision, in fact. But um, the climb model simply says create and communicate a clear and compelling vision. Link, this is the L, link mm-hmm. each follower's role and responsibility to that vision. The I, invest yourself, uh, your energy and effort to living the vision, that is, walk the talk. The mm-hmm. M, manage work processes. Continuously assess the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats as you move towards your vision. The B is, build and maintain credibility. You cannot lead without trust, and uh, you have to be conscious of continuously building that, uh, that trust and that capacity. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic model. I love it. Um, and you, I think uh, change moves at the speed of trust as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and I th- yeah. So, I mean, that, that all ties very much together. So with that in mind, Bernard, I'd like to thank you so very much for being on the show today. You have given the audience some outstanding um, I, kudos and ideas and definitions and things that they can think about and actually do to move their own leadership into a more effective and more positive manner. So thank you so very, very much for being here. Well, absolutely, uh, uh, Linda. I really appreciate it. I thank you very much for the invitation, and I thank you for the opportunity. And I, I hope that our paths will be able to cross again. Uh, all the best to, to you and your work, and I, again, thank you for the privilege to both meet and talk with you and your audience. Fantastic. Have a great day. Thank you. And audience, uh, if you want to know more about the art of herding cats, leading teams of leaders, or how to really lead your own movement and change the world, connect with me at Linda at Dare, the number two, leadwithlinda.com. And until next time, be courageous and dare to lead. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. 
Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.